When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, here joined by intern Austin, new to the Two Goalie One Mike family, making his uh, I'll Hang Up and Listen debut. Um, Austin, thanks for hopping out with us, bud. Big 4-3, come from behind victory for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, let's just get a quick, uh, give, me, give me three words that best describe that victory to you, Austin. Hmm. Annoying, needed, and scary. Scary. The reason I give those three words is because, one, it's annoying because the goalie for the Blackhawks stood on his head for basically the whole game. We piped him with shots the whole game, and he just was not having any of it. Um, needed because if you drop three in a row to Montreal, Seattle, and Chicago, it's not looking great. And scary because our decor is completely shot without Samuelson. It is. And Labushkin. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You hit the nail around the head. Um, that was a very frustrating game to watch because – you know you are the better hockey team. You're looking at a Chicago team that, you know, maybe not in the same, you know, they're clearly, they clearly, you know, stripped it, almost stripped it down to the studs if, uh, you know, with, the, with some of the deals they made uh, at the trade deadline uh, last season, obviously shipping off to bring Cat um, to Ottawa uh, in the off season. So um, for me, they're definitely stripping it down to the studs. I think it's just a matter of time for Pat Kane, uh, you know, is traded as well. And uh, so that's a game you need to win, you know, not, you're not unlike, it's not unlike when the Sabres were, were, were tanking, uh, so to speak, you know, I think that the Sabres just did a better job of it so far. I mean, not say that Chicago won't, you know, you know, surpass, I guess you could say what the Buffalo Sabres did that season in terms of the points they had uh, or again, match or go low, even lower, but um you know, that's a team that's clearly looking to the future, looking at Connor Bedard, uh, who's been projected to be the first overall pick of that draft now for two years, um, supposed to be the next coming to McDavid. And, uh, you know, 
they don't necessarily want the points. You know, they want to see the, the youth they do have developed. But at the same time, they're, you know, you know, they're not trying to win. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying, you know, again, it's it, it's a game you have to come out with two points. Um, it's a tough first 40 minutes. Um, they had the, they had the early goal. Uh, they had two, Olsen had two goals. And Marty Brown made a funny comment. He goes, I think you're the only player in NHL history to score two goals and only have one count in the second time he scored. In terms of time on the clock, he scored that second goal before the first one was actually scored because uh, the time that elapsed after the offsides, which is kind of funny, uh, kind of a funny point. Uh, and, um, you know, you, there are players that you really needed to see really uh, kind of turn it on, this, uh, turn it on in Olsen, but most especially Tage Thompson uh, off to a little bit of a slower start. Um, you know, especially you know, in the back of his mind, he has to be thinking about the contract he signed and obviously the even higher expectations that he is going to have, not just by his coach and his general manager, but by for himself. Um, but also, uh, you know, you know, Victor Olofsson, um, granted two power play goals, but you know, I'll take them gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit as long as the puck goes in the back of the net. Um, and, uh, you know, let's hopefully this carries over. We stop making, you know, third string goalies look like Dominic Kashuk back there. Cause they have been doing that since like 2012, essentially. But, uh, I'm, 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 I'm pleased with that third period effort, especially from guys like Kyle Akposo, who, uh, probably had his best period of the season. Hundred percent. I'm guys that you really needed um to step up was Akposo. He's getting no production on that fourth line, and he goes up to the first line with Skinner and Thompson, and has two assists on uh, both of Tage Thompson's goals. So that was huge. Definitely needed that. Um, the the it, just looking at the the way the goals were scored for the Blackhawks. I mean, there there wasn't anything special there. They're just 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 dirty goals like. The first goal should have been goalie interference. I don't know how that's not goalie interference, you know, but who knows what goalie interference is at in, at this point. Um, but, I mean, the other two goals are just standing right in front of the net, and there's no one battling for the just a bunch of puck watching. And by the time you're like, oh, I got to go get to my man, the puck's in the net. So yep. it's I – mean, look, you got Kale Clogg playing up there. You got Pilot who – I mean, he hasn't looked horrendous, but – I mean, he's not a world beater up there playing, you know, it's the decor. They're young, they're AHLers, and especially for Kale Clogg, you know, this was his first real game up playing with us, and it showed. You know, I thought he played okay in the offensive zone. Like, he he tried to make some plays, but it's clear that the caliber is is way more than what he's accustomed to. Oh, for sure. Um, and again, we're, we're we're spread very thin on the blue line, like you said to start it off. Matias Samuelson not being available for the foreseeable future. Labushkin, who skated this morning but wasn't able to to, to lace him up for tonight. Um, those are two really important names in your blue line that you that you can't really afford to be without. And we have heard this past week that Kevin Adams has been in the market to bring in a, a defenseman that they could probably slot right into the lineup. Because let's face, let's face facts like. Clegg, you know, Bryson and um, Fitzgerald aren't going to cut it, you know, consistently. I think Bryson and Fitzgerald are just too small, too undersized, and they're soft. 
and their own end are soft. Like I just that one that one goal, I forget who it was. Fitzgerald literally just gives him a little love tap in front of the net and just doesn't really stand his ground and just is staring down at the puck the entire time. Like it's defense 101. You know, in front of the net, you don't sit there and find yourself staring at loose pucks on, on the ice in front of you, unless you like have a clear like a clear beat to it. Like tie up your man in front. Take his body because you know what? Then he can't do anything if that's what you're doing. Like you take him out of the play, you take him out of the equation. We weren't doing that today, and like that's pretty much all of these goals were scored tonight was just being dominant in front of the opposing net. And up until Buffalo decided to stop, like you can have all the shots. Mean, Kyle Oposo said in the post game, he goes, you know, you could have 16 shots in that, or you have 50, 58 shots on that. The puck doesn't go into the you know, he goes, he almost kind of took a shot at analytics. He goes, you know, you know, you know, you know, analytics aside, like, you know, you have to score, you know, and he goes, he goes, um, not, not he goes, but I'm going, you know, not every goal has to be pretty. It doesn't have to be cute. Like a goal is a goal. You know, again, I said, it before, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit, get the puck into the back of the net. It's, you know, whether you're th- great things happen when you throw the puck on net. We saw it. Uh, against Montreal for Montreal and for Buffalo. You saw it tonight. Just get the puck to the net and good things will happen. You have a guy who is an absolute giraffe and just built like Tage Thompson, who is going to stand his ground in front of that. The guy went to the net twice and guess what? He popped in two rebounds. You know, a goal is a goal. Who cares? At the end of the day, not, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna ask you how or how it went in. You know, they're gonna ask you if it went in. And, you know, that's what happened tonight. You don't have to be cute about it. You know, Olsen, you know, over time, just an absolute hammer. Um, just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think any goalie in the league is stopping that shot. He literally just labeled that puck. You know, I'd love to know on both those, both those goals tonight, you know, what those were clocked at because he literally just annihilated both of those, both of those pucks. I think, um, I think up until Tage Thompson's two goals on rebounds, there's what there's a bit of a reluctance to to get dirty. At the end of the day, you look at the final score, it says four three to the Sabres. It doesn't say how the goals were scored. You gotta get your hands dirty. You gotta screw like look at Chicago. They were just they were screening Anderson all night. They were just putting a guy right in front of Anderson all night. That's something we gotta get used to. I, like gotta get someone in front of the net, get some tip shots, get dirty, clean up these rebounds, like it doesn't matter how the puck goes in. A goal is a goal. I I understand people, you know, they want they want to see less of Olsen 5v5 because his 5v5 numbers are atrocious, but he scores goals and they, they're on the power play, sure, but the puck goes in the back of the net. And like you said, he tattooed that puck twice tonight, actually three times tonight because all, all three of his goals were, were absolute missiles. And granted, yeah, his 5v5 numbers could be better, but – I think he's his line mates are not phenomenal. Anytime you're paired with, you know, middle stat, you know, you're probably not going to have the greatest five v five numbers right now. So um, they need to bring Asplund back into the lineup, pair him with Olafson. I think his five v five numbers will definitely go up. Yeah, um, I think I think Olafson. I'm not sorry, Olafson Asplund, who is really kind of coming to his own as being a good defensively minded forward, uh, being able to create a offense, um, drive the puck, you know, he, you know, you, then an Aspen is a perfect example when you see all the, you know, the fans who, you know, ranted and raved it when Johan Larson left it. For me, it's like, those guys are a dime a dozen. I'm not saying that's who, uh, 
you know, who, who, who Rasmus Asplund is, but you can find those guys all over the league. Um, I, uh, and he is valuable to this team and Jack Quinn, who, you know, he had a couple flashes in the game place. I played, he played online with what Casey Middlestat and uh, Olsen for the first half of the game. I think for the first, like at least 10 minutes, I don't think he touched the ice in the first, in the third period. Um, that's a guy that you have to start, you know, you have to get going, you know, you gave him a roster spot on this team. Um, and he just, he looks a little bit lost out there sometimes. And, uh, I feel like he's gripping his stick a little too tight. He's got like a, a lot of, you know, had that goal been allowed the one where Casey dogged it out of the zone, you know, I think he'd be playing a little bit more relaxed to get that first monkey off his back, but you know, he really needs to like bear down and like Tage Thompson did today, just go to the net and find the puck. You know, find the puck, get the dirty goal, you know, battle, do it. That's a guy who I think can learn a lot from Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner isn't always a flashy guy. He isn't always going to score the highlight real goal. Jeff Skinner is a guy who's going to, you know, once in a while he will score the flashy goal. But for the most part, especially 5v5, he's going to score the scrappy, the scrappy goals below, you know, right about the top of the paint below the face-off circles, that's where that guy makes his money. That's where he made $9 million a year with Jack Eichel um, when, when he got that big contract. He, he finds he finds ways to score in that area, and I think Jack Quinn can learn a lot from a guy like Jeff Skinner. I think that, I think that honestly, if I was the coach, I'd just sit him down and be like, hey, look, everyone wants to shoot the puck, dude. You don't score a goal really without shooting the puck unless it's a tipping, all right? You got it. Like, everyone wants to shoot the puck. so. You got to make yourself valuable, clean up some rebounds, get your, like you said, make yourself available. Like Jeff Skinner, put yourself in front of the net, score some rebound goals, score some, score some tippins that come past you. You got to, got to make yourself dirty. Everyone, Alex Tuck's going to take shots. Tage Thompson's going to take shots. Paterka's going to want to take shots. Everyone wants to take shots. What are you going to do to get the goal? And I think that he needs to, I think he needs to start putting himself in front of the, in front of the net. And scoring some dirty goals, I think that'll build his confidence up. I think it really will. I agree. We have a good comment here from Richard Isaacs. Who do you think would be a good fit? Uh, would be would be who you think a good fit would be for Adams? Could possibly bring in a depth on defense for me. I think a perfect world trade for Vlasic from the Sharks. Uh, they need cap room, and we need a top six. I mean, yeah, I think you do have to make a move here. Um, you know. Samuelson is just not a guy you're going to replace with Casey Fitzgerald or Jacob Bryson. Those guys, they don't play the same style that Matias Samuelson does. While, like, while you know he does have the ability to off add a little bit of offense, he is a stay-at-home bruising defenseman who is not like put it this way: if Matias Samuelson is on the ice tonight, when those goals are you know when those chances and those goals are scored by the Blackhawks, do you think they go in the back of the net? Do you think Casey Fitzgerald? Do you think you know? You know, him on his ass and he's not touching that puck. I don't even um, think if Labushkin's playing those goals go in the net because he's a very physical presence. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna play a hard nose, tough game. He's not he is not gonna allow you just to take liberties in front of your own net. And that was a huge, huge, huge problem for Buffalo tonight. I saw some fans kind of giving Craig Anderson a little bit of shit. Uh, on Twitter, and I'm just like, listen, I'm, I understand the rebound control wasn't necessarily there tonight, but you can't, you can't, you can't shit on him for the defense not doing their job either. Like, it is your job to not allow, you know, you know the the, 
the wingers or the center to have that much time and space in front of your net. Um, I sometimes I wish Johnny was here on with us because he's so much better at articulating this than I am. Uh, but you know, you, you allow these guys that the center to come in down low and just literally is hack and hack and hack, or you know, find those loose pucks. You don't you don't win those battles. Like that's not Craig's fault. I mean, yeah, maybe you would like him to gobble those pucks up a little bit better, but like at the same at the same time, like what's the job of your defenseman there? You know, take the body. You know, tie up a stick. They didn't either tonight, so I can't put that on, on Andy. So I, uh, for me, you just have to find an answer there on the blue line for the for the time being until Samuelson's back, until Labushkin's a hundred percent. I just don't think Bryson or Fitzgerald are really the answer. And you, you might mark uh, Edward Vlasic uh, again, 200, uh, 200, uh, over two hundred pounds, and he's thirty five uh, again, but he's not a guy really known to. Uh, to uh, play, you know, play an offensive style. He's a stay-at-home defenseman. Uh, you know, we'll take a penalty here and there, but you know, he's 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 gonna make you he's gonna make you pay for trying to take liberties in front of the net. And I think he would be a perfect fit. Again, he's not an overly you know size. He's six foot one, but you know, he plays a tough style brand of hockey. And I think that's what kind of what Buffalo needs, or a defenseman like that. Um, who knows who it's going to be? Uh, I know Kevin Adams isn't really willing to give up a ton of assets for uh, for for a guy that might not, you know, be the long term solution. Which I totally understand that people saw Ethan Bear, uh, you know, what it took to get him. But you know, honest to God, like I am not up in arms about Ethan Bear. The guy wasn't even cracking the lineup in Carolina. He was a seventh defenseman. Um, you know, where would he have ranked? He would have been a depth guy here, pretty much. You know. We don't need another Jacob Bryson or a Casey Fitzgerald. Does he have a higher ceiling? Sure, because he was expected to be a lot better. But I am not going to throw my hands up in frustration and lose my mind because we didn't go get Ethan Bear. Like, you don't want to give up a ton unless that guy is going to be here in the long term. Right now, that whoever it is is probably upon Samuelson and Labushkin being at 100%. They're going to be fighting to get into the lineup. And I, I keep on forgetting about Yoki Haru. Like, you don't want to give up a ton for that. And I totally agree. Like, you know, that's, that's not sitting on your hands. That's being smart. I'll start with like the Anderson thing first. Like Anderson's job is to stop the puck. There's going to be rebounds. Sure. I want him to gobble the puck up, but he's going to, he's going to create rebounds. It's the defenseman's job to tie up a stick, get their defenseman. Like, don't let him be the screen in front of the net, get a stick out of there, get your stick in there. Like, that's the defenseman's job, and they didn't do that. That's not on Craig Anderson. He did his job. He stopped the puck from going in the net. It's the defenseman's job to not let the the forward sit there on the edge of the blue paint and t- and tap in a shot. That you can't be puck watching. Um, no, I hundred percent agree, Austin. It's uh, it's frustrating. But uh, to get on to the next subject, uh, Tage Thompson, as I said mentioned earlier, I almost tweeted out. It's like you know they really need to find a way to get Tage going here. I, you can tell that he's getting frustrated with how he's playing, that he's not putting the puck in the net, that the chances are there, but he's just not cashing in. And then lo and behold, the guy turns it on and scores back to back goals. The game time or uh, I think the the the, the to bring it within one and then ties up the game, essentially doing this, doing exactly what we've been talking about, going to the net and just finding the puck, doing exactly doing, you know, rules are reversed there 
for for the Blackhawks. They're doing the same things that that Buffalo wasn't doing. They're they're puck watching and not and not taking the body or playing the stick. Even though I think Chicago played a little bit tougher uh, physically against the Sabres tonight, uh, both those goals are perfect examples of just allowing guys to kind of just have free reign in front of the net and cashed home both times, uh, ca- cashed in both times. Well, I think. I think Don Granado made a great choice on moving up post up to the first line because he brought a little bit of that grind mentality up to the first line that they were missing. And he's in there on the forecheck, getting pucks, getting them to Skinner so Skinner can put them on net for Tage Thompson to clean up and put in the net. I think that was a great move by Granado to put a Poso up there. Um, it's good for Tage Thompson because I think it definitely is going to take the monkey off of his back now, you know, like we said, the goals don't have to be the, the the crazy stick drags through two defenders. Like it doesn't have to be a power play snipe. As long as it goes in the net, Tage, I don't care. Like I'm happy that he got two goals tonight. He's heating up going into the next game. Um, a lot of questions for Don Granado on what he's going to do with the lines. Um, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go back to the Skinner, Thompson, and Tuck line. But I, I like the – I like – Anytime in the game, you can move a post up to the first line and he's going to give you some sort of production. You know, that's your captain. That's a guy that you want to follow. Like Tage Thompson said, he came in, he did what he had to do. He grinded out for two pucks and he created scoring opportunities. You know, and and again, you're not bringing up uh, Poso to be a long-term solution there on the first line. You're bringing up there to just really mix it up and, you know, give them an, an element to that line, you know, when you're desperate for a goal. And Akposo, like you said, he's willing. He knows, he, again, just like Jeff Skinner, man, like he knows how you're going to get the puck in the net. He's been in those situations for a long time. He's played in this league for a long time. He knows what needs to be done to score there. And it's not through stick handling and dangling and, you know, finding open space. It's like just bearing down, getting in that blue paint, and creating some havoc and finding a loose puck and putting it in the back of the net. Both times is exactly what happened. So, and then you find yourself getting a, a, a power play very late in the third that carried over into overtime. You set it up, uh, you set it up in the offensive zone and Rasmus Dahlin, you know, continuously doing what he's been doing since game one, uh, creating some magic there on the qu- quarterbacking, the power play you know, drawing that, drawing that guy in and then finding Olsen open there for the clean shot. And again, no goal in the league is stopping that. No, unless, unless they're willing to, you know, take a broken hand. Um, you know, he just, I don't know. I, he just hits the puck so fluid with so much power, especially when it's like every Sabres fan dream to see him go down on one knee and rifle that puck into the top corner. It, it's great to see Olofsson, you know, scoring again. I'd like to see him start putting some goals in the net on 5v5 situations, but I'll take the power play goals. I'll take the win. And I think Darlene, he goes into the season and, you know, he's not talked about as much. You're, you're seeing Kale McCarr getting talked about and everyone forgets, you know, how good he really is. And then he breaks the NHL record and, Obviously, his goals have fallen off a little bit now that Samuelson's gone. He's had to play a little bit more defense. But, I I mean, what more could you ask for from Darlene? The guy is creating offensive chances. He's trying to hold down yeah. the fort on the defensive end. He's everything that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him number one overall all those years ago. And he's finally coming into his own. And it's exactly it's exactly what he needed. He's starting the season off strong. I... uh 
Darlene is really making a case for himself to win the Norris this year. Um, you know, just started, was it for, was it four goals in four games or five goals in five games? Five goals in five, five goals games. Five goals in five games, which is insane when you think about it. Um, you know, never been, uh, four goals in the first four games has never been done before. You know, five game, five, you know, five goals in the first five games. That'll be a tough, a tough benchmark for any defenseman in the future to clear. Even Kale McCarr, as great as he is and as great of a team he, a team he plays on, that'll be, t- that'll be tough to match. Uh, and again, I can't remember the last defenseman to do it and who it was, uh, before Darlene, you know, when, when Darlene, uh, tied or surpassed that, but that's, uh, that's wild, you know, you know, to have that, have that little feather in your cap for, uh, for Rasmus Darlene, but guy just continues to, sh- uh, show up and show out, you know, he's, you know, making plays, uh, showing himself as a goal scoring defenseman, but also a playmaking defenseman, you know, he draws so much more attention to him whenever he's out there and has the puck. And you're finally starting to see that defenseman that was, was labeled, the uh, the, the first overall pick um, back, I think it was back in 2018, you know, he, you know, he, you know, t- took a lot of flack his first couple seasons. It was, you know, what, you know, when is this guy going to start to show that he, you know, that he was the uh, guaranteed first overall pick that he was this guy that we saw all the highlights out of Ferlunda, you know, you know, when are we going to see that guy? Well, you know, coaching had a big part, part of that man. It's tough to go to through three different, coaching systems, three different schemes, three different styles of play, uh, you know, with, with the coaches that were hired and fired while Rossestown was here. And you finally found that good combination between Kevin Adams and Don Granado, a combination that finally worked. Um, and I, I have to say, man, I just, I, I, I said it to start the season. I put him at, uh, I forget when I said it in the off season, I put him at 80 plus points this season. I really do. Like, I just, pace for it. Yeah, he's on pace for it. I don't think he's really going to cool it down, man. And, you know, he cares. That's the big thing. He cares. If he, Even if we don't think he had a bad game, if he thinks he had a bad game, he's first out on the ice, last one off. He takes this very seriously. And to have a guy, leaders like him, Alex Tuck, Kyle Akposo, um, you know, and then obviously, uh, you know, Zemgus Gergensen's like – that's a phenomenal leadership group you have to build around. And the more of these players that you keep bringing in. And again, I'm very hard on Casey Middlestead and rightfully so. I don't think his play justifies him being a, a consistent, you know, uh, you know, anything more than an average, if that NHL hockey player. And, um, you know, I, I, I need to see more desperation out of him. You need, you need to see a, some killer instinct out of him. And when I say that, it doesn't mean you have to go out there and, put people through the boards or fight somebody you have to, you have to go out there playing like, you know, your job is on the line every single shift because it very much well could be. We all see Matthew Savoy in the WHL guy is having a very good start to his season. Kulik is starting to turn it on in, in, in Rochester. That guy has an NHL ready uh, shot and release right now, just the same way Olsen did when we, uh, when he first started to come off, uh, c- come into his own over in Europe. I know he's a late bloomer at like 24, 23, 24, 25 years old, but like he already has an NHL shot and both those guys are going to be, you know, knocking on the door for a spot on this roster next season. And if that's the case, who's your odd man out? Because they seriously like Vinny Benestroza. I could totally see them keeping him around again. hundred percent. The guy, the, the guy plays with all heart. He, he skates his ass off. Um, you know, that means there's aren't going to be a ton of, I, I really, and I also think 
that Kyle Polson might sign another deal, a one or two year deal to stick around. I I do believe it. Um, so if that is the case, there aren't going to be a ton of spots here available. Uh, and if those guys are knocking the door and Granado and Kevin Amps thinks that they deserve a chance, who's going to be your odd man out? Cause it very well could be Casey Middlestad. It will be Casey Middlestad. I mean, you look at today in Rochester, right? Rosen had two points. Brandon Byro had two points. Rosick had a point. Coolidge had a goal. Um, Brett Murray had a goal. Um, Anders Bjork had another goal. Anders Bjork is finding his game down in Rochester right now. Um, you look at Savoy. Savoy right now is tearing up the WHL. I, I mean, I, I'm going to judge Casey off of his play, and it's been terrible. He shows little to no effort. The last In the last three games, he's had two goals called back because of being offsides. It just seems like it seems like he's way too comfortable and his play does not justify being a second line center. I can promise you that there's no reason why he should be the second line center. And if we're going to start rotating forwards out and putting people in middle should be the next person they rotate out to put Aspen back in. He, I think he needs to seriously take a couple games off and realize, Oh, my job is not, you know, my job is not certain. Be care for any guy. There are very few guys who should feel secure on this hockey team. And Casey Middlestat surely isn't one of them. And that was a great face-off win for the first playoff goal. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that he always looks lazy and always looks lost or always seems, you know, you know, seems like he's not giving maximum effort because he, there are shifts out there where he does look dominant. But with that being said, you're not on a hockey team right now where you can take shifts off. You are not on a hockey team right now where you can get away not skating your ass off every single shift. This isn't Colorado. You're not you're not playing in Tampa right now where you know you any player can afford to take a shift off because the talent isn't at that level yet in Buffalo. Um so you have to do whatever you can. You have like Vinny Anastroza is back in Buffalo because he did all of those things. He was willing to sell out on every single shift and do whatever it took to stay in the NHL. That's what Casey Middlestat needs to do. You need to play with that type of mentality. You need to you need to play like this could be my last shift. Every single shift. And when I say that, I mean that in the sense where you know um you feel like you have to make, you know, or it forces you almost to make mental errors because you feel that type of pressure, but you have to take that pressure and almost weaponize it. And Casey doesn't do that. You need to start doing that, Casey Middlestad. No one, I don't think anyone right now at this point expects you to ever live up to the eighth overall pick. But I think the expectation here is, you know, especially last year when to start the season, he was kind of projected to be your first line center. Uh, it wasn't Tage Thompson initially because Tage never played center. It was Casey. And then obviously he got hurt. But now where do you rank him? I rank him, I rank Dylan Cousins above him on the depth chart down the uh, down the middle. God, yes. No, I, I just, I don't, you know, the long-term future of this team, he needs to start showing me more. And he is a decent 200-foot player, but, you know, he needs to put on more size. He gets knocked off the puck very easily, uh, especially along the boards. It drives me nuts. And, uh, you know, there's no excuses anymore. Like, put the work in off the ice too, bud. I Sure, we could say that injuries have, you know, hindered him to this point, and that's true. He's missed a lot of stretches of hockey because of injuries, but he's not injured now. So I expect him to play hard. 
I understand that he's, you know, like he has shifts where he plays great. He's He's been phenomenal on the Canada road trip on getting shorthanded opportunities, especially in Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like you look at Big Z. Big Z is over 30 years old, and he comes off the bench tonight and skates and skates into the offensive zone to create a, to create an offensive opportunity. Busts his back for this team. Alex Tuck doesn't take a shift off. Tage Thompson doesn't take a shift off. Dylan Cousins doesn't take a shift off. J.J. Paterka does not take a shift off. That dude is 100% all the time. And I understand Sabres fans did not want Vinny Henestroza back. I was not one of them. I love Henestroza's game. I love that it, it, sure, his stats aren't the greatest, but every single time his skates touch the ice, he's at 100% effort. And that's all you can ask for out of a player. And I think Casey Middlestat needs to find that in him. I think he needs to find that I I'm willing to go out there and and throw my body around and treat this like I'm never going to play hockey again. Yep, I 100% agree with you, bud. Um, you know, you, you have to have all your players playing with that kind of mentality. And I uh, any player not willing to, then there's no place for you on this hockey team. I, I don't even think I'm being too dramatic when saying that. Uh, we got. Iron new. I wish I knew some of these guys' actual names. Uh, you know, you know, popping your actual name so we can actually we put we could put a face to the, or a name to the handle. Best kind, Dwayne. Best kind. I'm assuming he means the title of the episode. Come uh, come from behind. Win. I made the trip to Buffalo tonight, and and this comes this comeback made it well worth it, especially where I bought my new Thompson jersey. Let's go Savers. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Uh, I'm a little worried about Krebs. He plays a weak game. Maybe it just. Maybe it's just me, but he is invisible. No, um, he is off to a very slow start. And again, another guy who, you know, maybe is feeling the pressure a little bit because he had more of a consistent spot in this lineup last year. And now there's guys challenging him for ice time. And, you know, again, a guy that's got to go out there and just do all the little things right. You know, it's not always about scoring or always, you know, your play contributing to a goal. It's about doing the little things right your own end, you know, you know, taking care of business, being physical, um, you know, making a simple play to get the puck out or up the ice to help drive play or uh, to help defend your own end. And, you know, made it that, I think that's what Peyton Krebs needs to start really. Keep it very simple. You know, that one acronym, keep it, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, I think that's the best thing for uh, Peyton Krebs right now to, you know, to kind of get out of this funk he's been in to start the season. And again, uh, they said it to start, they said it in the, in the post game too. Uh, you know, you, you can't expect yourself to be in mid season form you know, when you're less than 10 games into the season. There's, there, you know, it's, it might take some of these guys a little bit to start to get into it. And maybe pay, that will happen for pay grubs. I have, I have faith in that guy because that guy works his tail off. He really does. He doesn't take shifts off. Um, I will, however, not agree with this. From Richard Isaacs, Casey is Derek Roy 2.0. I know a lot of people didn't like Derek Roy, but that kid played his balls off when he was at Buffalo. Yeah, he partied a little higher down on Chippewa. Uh, yeah, he, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, Derek Roy he played with a ton of heart and he cared. Um, again, I know there were a lot of people out there that didn't like him, but I like I like Derek Roy. I'm not I'm not shitting not shitting what you what you think, Richard, uh, because you know. There were times that Derek Roy frustrated me a lot too, but I wouldn't categorize uh, Casey Middlespat, uh, Middlespat, <laughs> Middlestat as Derek Roy 2.0 because you want to know what uh, Casey Middlestat definitely doesn't even have his hands or anything close to his hands because Case because Derek Roy had some phenomenal hands on him too and was uh, you know 
we go out there and, you know, while maybe not always the best defensively minded hockey player, but he he was very offensively gifted and had a great shot where I don't see that all the time from, from Casey, at least not on a very consistent basis. Uh, Middlestad is like a poor man's Alexander Semen or Sergei <laughs> Alexander Simon references. Man, I love the thread here. This is great. No, he is a better teammate. He's not that. He, he is not that selfish. I. I. Uh, are we talking about Derek? Or are we talking about uh, Casey? I think so he's I talking about Casey. I think he's talking about Casey. If Casey was a better teammate, he wouldn't have lugged it back to the blue line last uh, against the yeah. Kraken. I'm not, so, sure, I'm not sure which one he's talking about, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna agree or disagree. You know, you're entitled to your own opinion, but I think you, you ask any player from those teams that Derek Roy played on, um, you know, again, I, I know, I know one of them personally, and they have nothing but high regards for for Derek Roy as, as a teammate. You know, again, partied hard, but you know, he showed up to the rink and played hard too. So I don't think there was ever any reports of Derek Roy being a bad teammate. I no, I don't remember. Really he was a hard worker. Yeah, sure. He yeah. partied really hard, but he was a hard worker, phenomenal hands, yeah. um, phenomenal in the offensive zone. Sure, he was very frustrating in the defensive zone, but very, very talented in the offensive zone. And yeah. you can't say the same for middle stat right now. I think that's a bad comparison. I uh Again, I, I get where maybe some of it comes from, but I think in terms of, you know, consistent effort and, you know, offensive ability and contributing offensively, I think those two players are just in different stratospheres. Me personally, that's just my opinion. Um, but I, again, Richard, I always appreciate, you know, you're always in the thread. You're always uh, getting us your input. So uh, we're not always going to agree, bud, but um Thanks for always again. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, I hope you do enjoy the enjoy the show. Um, and now we move on to Detroit on Monday, the big Halloween game where I'll be in attendance with some of the uh, other two goalies on Mike and Trainwreck guys uh, dressing up. I think maybe even as uh, Dominic Kashuk. Some guys going as RJ. I might pull on put on the old goalie gitch. Uh, we're gonna be asking fans questions at the game, hanging out in the blue zone. So if you're at the game on Monday, make sure you come hang out at the blue zone. You'll probably see me uh, donning the Hashik jersey with some old Milek pads. So uh, definitely stop by and say hi. Uh, I'll be excited to see, see you all. But with that being said, uh, another ga- very winnable game. Detroit, in my opinion, isn't a pushover like they've been the last couple of years. Um, I don't think they were much of a pushover last year. They have a ton of talent on that hockey team. So I, I fully expect this to be a really grinded out game on Monday. I probably would expect to see Eric Comrie in that, according to at least the rotation they've been sticking with. Um, I would be surprised if these guys know ahead of time, like way ahead of time, what games they're going to be playing. Um, but I would definitely expect Eric Comrie back in that, um, even though he had a strong performance, in my opinion, tonight from Craig Anderson. And uh, hopefully we'll have Bush, uh, Labushkin uh, back on the blue line, swapping out one of those three defensemen, uh, you know, hopefully at least. Again, I, I wasn't expecting him to sit tonight when I heard that he skated this morning, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, the Detroit game is um, – It's a, I think it's a big one right now for um, the Sabres because <laughs> – Detroit, Detroit is not a pushover by any means. They made a lot, a lot of big signings in the offseason. Um, they bring in Vili Husso to sure up their defense, or their defense, sure up their goalie. Um, 
they're not getting a lot of production out of Mo Schneider right now. Um, you know, they just, I believe they just lost the Penguins the other night. So, you know, they're not pushover. I didn't think we beat Detroit one time last year, which is not great. Um, but it's a game the Sabres got to win. It's always a battle when you face Detroit. They're grinders. They're going to, they're going to hit you. They're going to pressure you on the boards at all times. They're going to put a person in front of the, in front of whoever's between the pipes, you know, you, they got to have some sort of physical presence against them. You can't go in can, candied ass against Detroit and expect to come out with a win. Got to be strong. Got to put shots. On. I mean, Billy Huso's not really having a great season right now, so take advantage of that. That's a good goalie. That's not, that's not playing phenomenal. Take advantage of that. Put shots on net. I, I agree. Yeah, there's uh, you've gotten kind of a little run of goaltenders here that you, you should be able to take advantage of. Uh, Montebol with uh, with Montreal. You know, you know, you could, you couldn't, you couldn't come out of there with two points. You, you, you did tonight with um, Soderblom, and now you're going to have Billy Huso, who again is off to a, a you know, a slow start. Um, let's not let him get back on track against the Buffalo Sabers. Um, I, uh, they've made some good. Steve, Steve Eiserman's done a good job, you know, rebuilding that franchise. Um, Again, that's not a team led, you know, led by Dylan Larkin that I, I fully expect even at home to go in and it's a guaranteed two points. However, that is a very, very winnable game. Yeah, I'm, they so they won tonight against the Wild two to one. But then, I mean, you go back to their last two games, they got blasted by the Bruins five to one and they got blasted by the Devils six to two. So, I mean, people are scoring. I mean, the Bruins are the best team in hockey right now. That's without a question. Um, but I mean, the Devils have been playing really well too. Get get a win over the Avalanche the other night. You know, this is a winnable game. The goaltending is not great. They're giving up a lot of goals. So, you know, take advantage of it. Agreed. I uh, definitely can't allow uh, them to have so much free candy in front of her own net. Sorry for the corny, corny dad joke, but uh, you know, it's just a fact. And I like I said, hopefully Labushkin is back. Hopefully uh, Samuelson, even though he's far out, you know, continues to rehab and get better uh, and gets better with every week that passes because uh, that a game like Detroit is a game where you got to be tough in front of your own net. You can't, I mean, you have to be tough for your net every game, but against a team like Detroit, especially a young, fast hockey team who isn't going to screw around physically, they're going to, they're going to make you earn it along the boards. Um, who's the one guy that they uh, they drafted that made the lineup this year? Guys, the guy's an absolute mountain. Um, oh God, he had a beautiful goal for his first NHL goal. I somebody in the comments if they can remind me. He has a crazy last name. Um, oh God, I can't I can't think of it. Uh, maybe you can look up Aussie if you look up their roster real quick. Yeah, I'm looking at. So I forgot that they added Ben Sherratt and Alex and Cop, and they and they brought in Robert Haig too. Robert Haig, um, you know, well, Sherratt is a great signing for them. Again, yeah. a big veteran blue line presence. Um, and I got a guy who's not going to allow you much in front of his net. You know, he's going to make you earn it. You know, he's going to, he's going to make you hurt. You know, that's, you know, that's where, that's where games are won and lost, man, in front of the net. Just like in football, games are won and lost, you know, on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, same thing in hockey in front of the net. Like, that's where you win and lose hockey games. So that's where you have to be tough and resilient in front of your own net. Don't allow them an inch. Uh, don't give them an inch, but also don't allow them an inch in front of their net. You have, you have to, 
If you can do that at both ends of the ice, own the front, own the blue paint uh, on both ends. That's that's how you're going to win and be consistent, man. Again, nothing nothing is always going to look cute or pretty. So uh, trying to figure out who. Uh, yeah, who I, 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 they, the guy is a mountain. Um, I'm looking up right now. I'm pretty sure it was the Red Wing, uh, the Red Wings. I'm looking. Uh, once I see his name, I'll know. You know, they added Andrew Cop. Um, it's huge. He's a grinder. Yeah, a great hockey player. You know, was always good for Winnipeg. I think it was surprising when uh, it was, that was done via trade, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was done via trade. No, I think they signed him from the Rangers. Bad. They signed him from the Rangers. He played for the Rangers last year on their fourth line. You know, he played most of his career with, in uh, Winnipeg. With Winnipeg, but was that a trade or was that no? That was yeah. He was a deadline deal, and then he signed in the off season. Okay. I'm trying to find it right. They've Lucas Raymond. Oh, the other. Oh, funny Soderblom. There's another Soderblom. It's uh, that's the guy I'm thinking of. He's six foot eight. The guy is a tree. Yes. Yeah. Twenty one years old. Yeah. Another another guy. Twenty nineteen. Two hundred and fifty pounds. Twenty one years old. Six foot eight. The guy is not going to give an inch in front of your own net, and you better not. Th- so you have to play tough. That's where I worry about guys like you know Jacob Bryson and Casey Fitzgerald. How are you going to control that guy in front of the net? You could have controlled the, the players you had in front tonight. You're not, you're, you're going to control all six foot eight of him? Absolutely not. Um, they have to have kind of a game plan for guys like him, and then again, a very good good young roster you have you know zadina um uh lucas raymond who i think uh might have even scored tonight um dylan larkin captain guys guys an absolute wagon to watch uh bertuzzi i think is hurt i want to say he's out right now bertuzzi is hurt yes he is hurt he's only played two games this season uh david perron a great great leader in the locker room um, you know, he's 34 years old, good side, you know, good, uh, good player to have on a team like that. You know, you need, you need guys like that. And he's off to a good start this season, four goals, an apple for five points in eight games. Um, you know, Oscar Sunquist, another guy who can be dangerous in the offensive zone, five points in six games. Um, Dominic Kubalek has 10 points in seven games so Dominic far, Kubelik, which I don't think anybody, anybody saw coming. Um, but to answer your question, Lucas Raymond had two goals tonight and they were both assisted by Dylan Larkin. Both assisted by Dylan Larkin. Okay. Yeah. And then Mortise Sider, um, you know, guy, uh, did he win? Did he win the Norris last? I don't think he did. No, uh, no, I think it was, it was, uh, Cal McCarron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, no, no, he wouldn't have won this. You know, I I mean, I didn't mean the Norris. I'm sorry. Rookie of the year. You want I'm pretty sure he did win rookie of the year. Yes. He had 50 points, over 50 points as a rookie. But again, not a guy offensively, at least, that's off to a quick start. He's got one point in his first eight games. Um, But a guy you have to be mindful of, especially on the power play, just like you do with Ross's Dahlin. The guy creates chances, he creates offense, and he's a fun and exciting player to watch. So these are guys you have to watch out for. They're young and fast, but they also have guys in this lineup who are going to make you earn it, are going to make you hurt. Um, Guys like Ben Sherry yet. Guys like uh, you know, we you, you mentioned Robert Hag. Robert Hag, um, you know, he's a tough guy to play against when he's out there. He doesn't again, not a guy who's going to give you an inch. Um, and then I mentioned, I know he's 21 years old, 
but Jesus Christ, man, six foot eight and uh, Soderblom. Uh, and uh, again, you, you do have guys on this, on this team. You know, I think Bertuzzi not being in the lineup is a big advantage because he also offensively is offensively gifted as he is. Sabres killer. Tough style of hockey as well. Yeah. Sabres uh, killer dominated us last year. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and then Andrew Kopp, again, you know, again, not a guy that's massive, but he plays a very tough brand of hockey. But uh, just to wrap things up here, um, good effort there in the third period. Uh, they played probably a solid out of 60 minutes. They played a solid, I, I, I would say 30 minutes is being generous, but I'll say probably 25 to 30 minutes tonight where they played winning hockey. Um, can't have it like that every night. I know they're uh, dealing with a lot of injuries in the blue line, but you have to, have to, have to on Monday night against Detroit, come ready to play, come ready to be physical and play hard in front of your net and in front of their net. Um, I think Tage can take him. Let's hope so. I, I hope so as well. Uh, but with that being said, you know, I'll hang up and listen. Um, we will talk to you guys on Monday night. I'm sure I'll probably get home in time to, you know, cut a quick, I'll hang up and listen for you guys, even though I'll be at the game. Um, again, go Sabres. Great win tonight. Great come from behind win. Austin, thanks for hopping on with us, bud. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, this has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case uh, over on Georgia Boulevard. Uh, tomorrow night, the Bills play the Packers. Josh Allen versus future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. Um, definitely expect them to get a uh, once again again another win um, to improve to six and one. And uh, then on to Monday after we're all fired up after a win tonight and a win tomorrow night. Uh, hopefully another uh, thing to complete the weekend sweep. So with that being said, again I'll hang up and listen. Thanks again, Austin. Uh, I am Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike. You guys have a good night, and go Sabres. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, Hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.